This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for That's Craig it. Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Ravinelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Ravinelli spots out. Emerson! So welcome back to the Bora Breakdown podcast. Um, we are live on the YouTube stream. Um, but if you listen to us on the podcast apps, welcome. Um, so say thank you. We have hit a hundred reviews on Apple Podcasts, so I really do appreciate them. I haven't got them in front of me, so I'll read them out on the next podcast. But thank you very much uh, for everyone reviewing us. It was a really nice uh, Christmas present for us all. But also, if you're not following us on Spotify or on the podcast apps, do give us a follow. And if you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, do press the subscribe button. If you're watching us live, um, it just takes two seconds. It's right in front of you. Um, but let's chat about the Mill- Millsworth Football Club. And well. <laughs> Humiliating defeat at Deepdale, 3 0. Obviously, it's all three goals coming in the second half. And an injury from Johnny Housen capped off a humiliating defeat um, a night at Deepdale. Guys, um, a miserable night, Dana. Uh, what went wrong tonight? <laughs> I mean, that's a loaded question with a lot of answers. Um, I think our game plan from the beginning, I was checking the long balls and our accuracy was, was terrible throughout the whole of the game. Um, we seemed, I think we had the same amount, actually. We had 68 long balls. I'm, I'm just going to pull it up here on the stats. Um, same as Preston. Uh, we only only 28% and then were accurate compared to their 49 And as, as well as that, we did seem to keep hitting them on the counter-attack, but... Our play in the final third was absolutely awful. Two accurate crosses out of a total of twenty-three and uh, twenty-six. Sorry, so that's worse. And I think you know, usually we we talk about Borough's problems in the final third, but they really, really showed today. And defensive lapses and concentration, we seem to really miss Dyke Steele at the moment. And yeah, three really, really poor goals. And all of those stats that I said in the preview, well, the Borough breakdown curses back, apparently, because, you know, <laughs> what what happened to Preston's woeful home form? What happened to Preston being the, you know, the second worst defence in the league? I think they had one win against us in the last 16 appearances or something like that. I was reading before the game. 
You know, I said on the podcast that it's an open goal for Borough. Well, we ballooned the ball over the crossbar with that it was awful, awful game today. And we, we, deserved, we got exactly what we deserved, which, again, was nothing. And his curses are back. Um, <laughs> but as Dan has mentioned there, Middlesbrough's attacking display kind of showed like the weaknesses that we have. Yeah. Um, but do you think it was an it was an off night tonight in terms of like the whole performance was bad, or do you think this type of defeat's been coming because you know we've only been really been having two or three shots on target per game over the last six or seven games? Um, I think the defeat was probably coming. I, th- I think it's not harsh to say that you know that we got beat three 0 I think we we deserved it in the end. I think obviously part of it came down to us kind of losing our heads a bit at the end of the last. 15 to 20 minutes were just a joke, really. It was precedent. We're all over us. Um, and obviously, after we went down 1-0 at first, we were trying to gamble and push men forward um, in search of the equaliser and see what led to the led to the second goal, really. We, we got caught up in a lot of times and probably could have been a lot worse than 3-0. Um, so I think the defeat was always been coming. And if you don't take your chances and... and so Michael Owen, if you don't take your chances and your opponents do, then then um you know it's going to end up that way. But the you know we we've got to sort it out up front. I'm not still too worried actually about the defense. I know it was a, a three nil um, defeat, but I'm not overly worried. Obviously, I think things will improve when when Dykesdale returns. Um, but yeah, the the is just terrible. Um, it's just. And Maddo was alluding to it right at the end of the match. He was saying it's just hopeful balls in the box. There's no kind of plan to it. It's just like, right, we'll get hold of it and we'll just knock it in. Um, and then it's, you know, it's unadventurous and uninspiring, really. The, the, the strikers don't want to gamble. It's not their type of game. You know, they're not overly strong, particularly tall players anyway. Um, and there's just a lack of movement. The only player that really shows movement in sort of the final third is Duncan Watmore. And when he does, he doesn't seem to receive it. There's a number of times he kind of asks for it, um, you know, like a threaded through ball and, and no one gives it, gives it to him. So, yeah, we've really got to work on that. And I think if we're, if we're wanting to stick with a 4-3-3, which I feel like we might have to because of the lack of central defenders um, to play 3-5-2, then um, we're going to have to try and be more narrow with it and try and work it through the intricate areas rather than playing a, you know, four three three, and essentially just filtering everyone out wide, and then having one person in the box. It, it just it doesn't seem to work. So, yeah. yeah, it didn't it didn't work tonight either. Um, didn't work at all. I think when we said on the on the preview podcast, well, on our last podcast, when I mentioned playing with inverted wingers, maybe bringing Robertson to the side and playing what what more on the other side and try to thread the strikers through because we've said the strikers aren't gambling in the box. Um, I feel like our strike force is like that type of people that put a fiver on red and a fiver on black and then zero will drop um, on the roulette wheel. So it's like, it, that's exactly what we're like. We just we just don't tend to gamble for anything going forwards. And I think when you don't gamble and you don't, the chances um, or don't create anything, you deserve to, to get beaten. I think we, we thoroughly deserve to get beaten. I, I have no complaints at all. And it's it's not the end of the world at all about that getting beat tonight. Um, but I think what we're starting to show now is the form what I thought we would at the start of the season where we're fairly inconsistent and we'd be a mid-table side. Um, but it's not, like I mentioned there, it's not the end of the world, but two shots on target tonight, Dana. Um, creativity, we've just been alluding to it there. We're just not creating a chance. The, the cross is in the box. Like, obviously, you mentioned there, two out of the 23 were, were accurate. Um, is it time we, we kind of sacrificed 
um, this defensive solidity, which we've been trying to show the last few games, obviously Barton night, and then maybe look to bring in a Patrick Robertson. Now, is it, is it time for him to actually come into the team and it become more creative and sacrifice the defensive stability that we have? Well, we need to find that balance somehow. I know Neil Warnock was mentioning it in his pre-match press conference that that he has 90% of what most managers have. It's just that little bit, you know, that 10% that, that we need to bring to the table. And it's just about striking that balance. If that means that we take away a little bit of that um, defensive solidity by putting Patrick Roberts in the team, for example, then so be it. Uh, I know that he said about Brit and Akpom playing together and how he doesn't feel as though they're suited together because they're too similar. Mm. I get what he means, but I also slightly disagree with him because I feel like when you play Akpom, you need to play him off somebody. Yeah, it's... you were saying that a lot of the Pauls yeah. fans were saying that, weren't you, about him being mm-hmm. part of a team, yeah. Yeah, exactly, that's what they were saying. I disagree that they're very similar either. Yeah, well, yeah, go on, say what you you think about that, Johnny. I was just gonna. I was gonna disagree. I, I. I don't think they are similar strikers. Mm. Um, Brett uh, Sambalonga is that Porto who should be in around the six-yard box. I think. Not Brett. Sorry, I think Chuba. He works hard. and He'll get in his positions, but he won't score you twenty goals a season. Um, I think he's like more of like a working striker, and you can play off him. But Brett is that someone who wants to be mm. a bit selfish and being around the box. And if we create chances, he'll score goals. But if we don't create anything, he loses interest and looks disinterested. And quite frankly, I think Brits at a, a stage in his borough career now where this captaincy is not working. Um, I thought it'd be a masterstroke at the start of the year. I thought, you know what, this could get the be- best out of Brit. Could be a good leader in the dressing room. I appreciate a good leader doesn't always have to show it on the football pitch. You can show it like in and around the, the training facilities or around the club that you can show it. He can be the leader. Um, but I just don't think he's showing that from from what I'm seeing. He looks disinterested. I would probably look to get rid of him in January if we could and try and get some money for him. Um, and see if we can reinvest it elsewhere because I don't think working anymore. I think we should just shake hands and, and get rid of it. But, see, I, I sorry, slightly, Dan, I, I, yeah, I slightly disagree with that because I feel as though he he's just not getting the service. We've spoke so many times about the lack of um, good quality service into him and those two accurate crosses out of 26. Maddo was saying it on commentary about the lack of movement. To be fair, I'm not surprised that they're so static because half of the crosses that we have, or actually the majority of the crosses that we have, they don't even get past the first man. So to quote Isaac Aden, what's the point in playing ref? You know, what is the point? <laughs> so, you know, we need to sort out this problem. We, we attack prim- primarily down the wide areas because that's where our strengths are. We don't have a, a Gaston Ramirez. We have a Patrick Roberts on the bench, but, we, we you know, we're not really yeah. using him. So we need to really drill the wide players. You know, Spence, as much as we love him, he needs to stop with those step overs. Because, you know, it's not really getting him anywhere. He's not taking it past the, the defender. The one where he's where he done it like four times and then just kind of <laughs> ran straight into him. I was like, going on? It's so, again, that, you know, that's the thing. It's like the good old George Friend cut inside. At least that worked, to be fair. <laughs> but, like, we are so predictable in the final third. And the fact that we've allowed a Preston side who are dismal in defence to keep a clean sheet against us is, is very, very worrying. But... That, that's what kind of worries um, me more, I think, when, when obviously we were on about Brit there, where it's like um, Warner came out and said he didn't want to play them together. So then why, why did they play together tonight? It, it, just kind of, it just kind of baffled me. But, um, you know, I thought it had been a straight swap when I, when I thought um, Tuba, or should I say Isaiah Jones, was coming on, um, according to my jury. So, um, no, but, uh, 
Couldn't have, couldn't have got it more wrong. And to, yeah, to kind of link it, link it back into Patrick Roberts and 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 to do with Brit is, I think the, the only time that I can remember when Patrick Roberts started was away against Bristol City, and I thought he played really good in that game. And and this is also a bit of a contradictory thing of when it almost seemed as though we weren't going to sign Patrick Roberts and there was nothing on it. And Warnock had came out and said, um, you know, if I sign Patrick Roberts, I need to sign two or three other players to accommodate him into the system meaning that obviously he's not going to have sort of high work rate and, and kind of act as part of the the sort of defensive unit when, when you know, we're sort of sticking men behind the ball. Um, and then, then obviously he must have changed his mind and got him in. And obviously we didn't sign that many other players really uh, around and we didn't sign sort of additional fullbacks and whatnot. So, yeah, I don't know why we why we signed him if, if that was the case it's a bit of a you know if we're not going to use him and I got brought in the players around it I know it was difficult because of COVID and so on but um, I feel like he, he played well in that Bristol City game and obviously he didn't actually score the goal or anything but um, we played like a 3-5-1-1 almost in that game um, if I've had it out right um, and uh, yeah he played like just off the striker and I think that allowed him the, the free role that he wants where he doesn't have to do anything defensively, and you're not playing two as in like you're playing Britain, Akpom, who he who he sees as being the same type of player. You're playing someone who is the the main link between the midfield and striker. He is that creator then. Um, so I think I think that's where the issue lies for me. I think you know a bit of, a bit of everything that you guys have said. If we're going to go wide, we need to improve the deliveries. If we're going to go more narrow and try and play intricate stuff, then Roberts needs to be involved. Um, and play inverted wingers and, and what more obviously needs to be involved as well. I don't so, think. I think that... the inverted wingers would probably work, um, just given the stability that we have, like defensively normally with like a three-five. Um, it's I mean, sometimes putting six whether, or seven or eight men make them bound the ball. Like a, yeah, whether they're inverted wingers or they're they're almost like how it was at that point last year, where it was um, Robertson Tav kind of almost as like central attacking midfielders, where you'd see like a Bernardo Silva and Kevin De Bruyne or something. Um, for Man City, something like that. But yeah, at the moment, it seems a bit like we're wanting to obviously go down this wide route and get balls into the box, but it, it's not working. So it's it's not um, it's it, it's not working. But I think if we were to like accommodate these introverted wingers, we'd probably have to move to like a three-four-two-one system, like uh, a Christmas tree, looking like a Christmas tree formation. <laughs> um, but when you have when you have these t- just in time for Christmas, yeah. Uh, but when you have those two, obviously you can accommodate the centre forward, and then it, it, appreciate. Then you do have more of an attacking and threat. But then you can also play with wing backs as well defensively. Yeah. So I think obviously the reason it, why it, it, it is system that works. Yeah, I think the reason why obviously we aren't doing it is because of the the centre back issue at the moment. I mean, obviously Grant Hall out, Dykesdale out. Um, it's kind of I don't think he maybe trusts bringing Wood in to play week in week out. Um, which I think, well, you know, we, we've done the four-three-three now for a couple of games, and I think, you know, kind of forget the the derby game. I think we we actually just blew them away in that. But like, I, I don't think a lot of the times it's it's worked because even the games where we didn't get beat, we, we just haven't we haven't obviously either created enough or took our chances in the games against like Brentford, for example, Blackburn, um, and obviously the defeat against Huddersfield and tonight. So. Um, you know, um, I'm kind of open to it, but obviously it leaves us short. Obviously, if we get another injury there, 
Well, Ben's mentioned something in the comments about Brit, and and it's a good point to be fair. You know when. Um, I think I've said it a few times before about Brit under Tony Pulis, and I know Ben's talking about Gary Monk here, but uh, Brit scored 16 goals under Tony Pulis. Um, I, I believe that was when Adama was in the team. So you see there that you know he, he got the service there. Adama was a completely unparalleled talent, you know, out of this world, the, you know, the best, well, not out of this world, but, you know, best in the championship, certainly. Um, so when you give Brit that sort of wide service and that service in general... You know, he can score goals. It's just that at the moment, we're just not... Like, the, the wide play is so below par. It is, it's so frustrating. Um, and Brit is, you know, unfortunately suffering as a result from that. So it, it really is just trying to refine that attack in the final third. And actually, I feel like we've gone backwards in attack. There was a point this season where I thought, oh, we just need that little bit extra. But, you know, the past couple of games, I've just felt as though we've regressed and I don't know whether it's because of the lack of options now that, you know, Dyke Steele, we've had to move formation because of the lack of uh, centre-back options. But I, I do feel as though we are further away now from being a more refined attacking team than we were a couple of games ago. And, yeah, it's it's really frustrating. Well, it's it's three defeats in four um, now for, for Borough, but then also it's one win in nine away from home. And we've alluded to like a couple of the things there, saying potential formation changes um, or personnel. Which do you think would be more beneficial for us, Dana? Do you think it would be a personnel change and bringing Robertson what more, what more into the team, or do you think we should look to look at the system they're playing right now and say, right, this is what we're going to have to play for until January, and let's just try and get through it, regardless of the form we're in. To be fair, I feel like both. Um, I do like us playing three five two. I just think that you know, with the the three uh, defenders, obviously we've got McNair pushing into the midfield position, so it gives us that extra body um, in that in that area. But you know, whatever it is, they just need to find that right balance, and it's what we we just can't get right now. I'm not going to say that Patrick Roberts is going to solve all of our problems, but as well as that, I'm not going to say that he isn't going to solve our problems because um, he can offer us a lot. It's just that, like I mentioned a couple of podcasts ago, it's not just Roberts that we need in this team. It's, you know, if Roberts isn't on song, which, you know, can happen, we need the rest of the team to really step up. So they need to all be on a level playing field, which seems to be a massive, massive issue. And, in fairness, you know, Patrick Roberts is, is a good player without showing a doubt. I do want him in the team, but he's not a Gaston Ramirez type where you can hang your hat on him to, you know, drive him through drive us through games. So that being said, everybody as a collective, the whole team really needs to step up in that final third because it's it's good and fine having Patrick Roberts on the pitch, but if you have wayward crosses hitting the first man every, you know, ten minutes, it's it's not gonna work. Else, uh, I know obviously I didn't say people need to step up but someone who's stepped up consistently in the, over the last couple of seasons Johnny Housen and off tonight injured um, appreciate I haven't listened to Warney's match, uh, post-match reaction yet so can't blame he can't blame the changes tonight but uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's a bit it's a big it's a big blow for Borough tonight losing Johnny Housen um, if it's a if it's a bad injury how much of a miss do you think you might be yeah, I think it'll be a big miss. I think uh, his experience and, and I wouldn't say leadership because we've discussed this at the start of the season, but his kind of subtle 
professionalism, I think, will be, be missed around the team. Um, it could also, though, be a little bit of a blessing in disguise for a potential formation change because he's the one that sits in as a, a sort of defensive midfielder. It could allow us to then just say, right, okay, we're going with... Um, you know, this three, four, one, two, and just have the two midfielders of Savile and Morsey. Um so we could look at it that way. Uh but yeah, it, I think if it's a if it's a long injury it'll be a big miss anyway, just because of, you know, the squad isn't blessed with great numbers anyway. No, I'd agree. Uh I I, I would agree. I think it, you're right on you're right with the formation side of things as well. You could even look to play potentially Morsey and Tavin centre midfield as well and have someone sit on one goal if if we wanted to do that. But yeah. I don't really see that happening under Neil Warnock at all. Um, but let's have a quick look at the comments. Um, Jay said, out. Jay said, out with in big capitals. He obviously not happy with the result. Uh, Ruth with a with little crying emoji. Um, we've got Dean's got a couple of comments in here as well. Um, said, I don't know what Rob, wages Roberts is on, but if he's not going to get a run of games, I'd end the loan look to bring someone else in uh, from the under-21s or under-18s. As I.E. Jones has been mentioned quite a lot by Warnock. Sam Falaren as well. Um, he's also said it's about a poor game, so bad up top. Um, it's unreal. We need Billy Sharp on loan. That's a, that's a new one. Um, Billy Sharp, anyone? Billy Sharp? Mm, I mean, Billy um, Sharp, he's, he's a goal scorer, but it's the yeah. service that we need to improve behind the striker for me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I would. He must be like 45 now as well, Billy Sharp. Must be. <laughs> and we've been, we've been linked with him since about two... Yeah, we'll take him Billy on as like, uh, director of football or something. <laughs> 2003. <laughs> you always have to get that. Um, Gary... I write down bingo. I have to. I have to. Um, but Gary Hutchinson's messages uh, as well saying, agree it's been coming. Our problems in the final third can only be disguised for so long. Soon as the odd goal from midfield dries up, we just look like look like the most toothless attack in the league. And obviously Ben's comment there as well around Brit. Um, Dean Wilson said, uh, is there any truth in the links of Phil Jones? Uh, we don't need a sick nut. Phil Jones was obviously linked this week and um, was a potential signer for January. He was also linked with Derby County as well. So you can probably connect the dots with Wayne Rooney um, <laughs> and, and him going over there. So Phil Jones realistic or do you think it's a it's a bit of a crap rumour? No, I don't know where that came from, to be honest. I didn't see it myself. I, I don't know. I, I don't think there's much truth in that, I would assume. Just because of wages. Yeah, I, I think the same. I, I, I don't think, yeah, even given our plight with centre-backs, I don't think we'd take a chance on someone else who is um, you know, injury-prone. We already have Grant Hall in that I mean, department. It would be gr- it would be great for content, though. We've got oh, Warney and Phil Jones in the same team. <laughs> oh, my God, we'd have an absolute field there. Yeah. <laughs> we would have a field there. Um, ben Strickland said Vidra's not getting a chance at Burnley. Can play number ten or number nine. Which is uh, Vidra? Would you take him? I think that's a good shout. I think because he can drop into number ten positions. I think I've always rated Vidra. He's always seemed to do well against us as well. Um, yeah, I think he's a decent little player, and um, yeah, he hasn't had much of a chance since getting into the Premier League, has he? So. Probably, I don't know his age, but it probably feels right for him to, at the championship level. Always linked with us as well. Always. Vidra, yep. Um, I'd take Vidra, yeah, but I think the the targets that I would want the most are probably Blassie and Grzycki and a little bit of creativity in behind and, and, and out wide. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd take Vidra. 
I'd have to keep an eye on on that and see his uh, appearances um, under Sean Dyche. But for me, yeah, the the big ones for me are, are Balassi and, and Grzycki. If we can get them over the line, I would have a little bit more hope and faith in Borough going forward. Okay, moving on. Uh, Joe Scott, uh, can't wait for Fletcher Fletch to be back for the back. Play Akpom behind Britt. Fletcher on the left, Roberts on the right. Bob's your uncle, seven play secured. <laughs> very, very attacking that from uh, from Joe. If only, it was, it, or... if only it was that easy with Wara. Hmm. Well, if Bob's your uncle, it's going to happen. <laughs> I think we, I think we really do miss Fletcher. Though I think his his intelligence, I think, and and he does make a lot of forward runs, um, like intelligent runs. I, I don't know if he would have suffered from the same sort of thing that Britain Apple were going through of kind of being a bit static because of the way we're playing as a team and whether he kind of his head had dropped really when when the ball's kind of launched over at the top of him again. But um, I think he offers us something different, and you know. I can't wait for him to be back, really, because we need another option up there. I agree. And then finally, uh, Mark, Mark, Mark T says, uh, Britain needs to go. Attitude is shocking. This has been mentioned quite a lot on social media about Brit's attitude. Um, do we sell him? And do you think his attitude shocking? Open I don't, think, he's, I don't think his attitude shocking. I think he... He's just a he's a lazy player. He is, and I think I think this is. I don't think it's how to earn sixty bags a week by doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, I think he just doesn't offer what fans would like to see. Um, if you do a contrast to Dana's favorite player Tunjai, he is the complete opposite. Tunjai would chase down every loose ball. He would not give up. He is, you know, the ultimate kind of. What fans love, especially not even just in the northeast, but in England in general, someone who will work really hard. And Brit doesn't seem to do that an awful lot. Um, and I think, obviously, with him being given the captaincy this year, it kind of only compounds it. I think because you, he's supposed to be the one leading by example. Um, so I, I can see why people are frustrated with his style of play. But I think, as Dana mentioned earlier, if we play to his strengths, he really could be on song. If you have a winger that can get balls to him. You know, with with be- much better accuracy than it is now, it'd all be forgotten because he'd be banging in goals. But I think it's it's a bit hard when obviously we're trying to judge him at the moment. So, um, yeah, it's also on Brit as well. I think um, it just came out my head really about more about it. And I do like Brit, and I know I was early, a bit earlier, so we should probably look to, to sell him. And I still probably agree with that to some extent because if he's not going to sign a new contract then there's, it's, we should probably try and get rid now rather than go on a three a three at the end of the season but Brit needs to adapt his game just as much as we need to adapt our game to Brit um, it's, yeah. it works both ways the best players yeah. in the world adapt the game to ensure that they become relevant in the game like I know he's nowhere near this level, but Cristiano Ronaldo came out to be, it was it was a winger. He was a left winger, dead skinny, and now he's he's a centre forward. He could probably play centre field. He is all time great, but he's just because he's adapted his game so well. But also, he needs to gamble. Like I know our crosses aren't great, but try and get yourself in and around there. It's it's not like just it's not difficult to try and put the effort in. And be static. You can't always wait for that perfect ball. You've got to try and make your own make and create your own look as well. So I think it goes both ways. Um, but I kind of agree with I kind of agree with you both. We don't play with strengths, but he needs to put the effort in as well. But um, January window, do you celebrate? Yes or no? No. 
I think when it gets to January anyway, no wouldn't he be wouldn't he be liable for being able to agree like a pre contract anyway for someone and... He can. Can, yes. So, I mean if it gets to January and he hasn't agreed a new deal, he's pretty much gone, hasn't he? So um Yeah. Uh, I, I would, I would... I'd agree. Uh, one final thing. Uh, Dean says uh, the forward we should have kept is Shuani uh, if he was played as a centre forward, not opposition like Cranka played him. This is just a massive mm. debate where like where Shuani should have played, <laughs> isn't it? Um, yeah. I agree with I agree where Shuani should have been in centre forwards, um, and he scored loads of goals for Girona in that performance in, in in La Liga. But where Karanka played him was quite smart, and it was where he would run in from the back post. Um, and always score that tapping or being around the box. It was perfect for what we needed at the time, um, but it just wasn't the right position. But Stuhani made that position his own way. He was coming in and still scoring at right midfield. So, um, but see, that's what happens when you create your own luck. Yeah, that's what happens when you gamble. Exactly, when you gamble and when you don't gamble, you get nothing. Well, I think that's the great thing about it as well, that, you know, obviously we were playing, say, 4-2-3-1, yeah, not that much different to a four three three. I know there's someone who's, who's dropped in that hole. Um, but even when we're then, as I'm saying there, if we're going to be playing a more wider game and looking to get balls in the box, um, then going more central, then the other winger needs to get in on the other side um, rather than just Brit or Akpom if they're there. Because when it looks as though we're crossing in from one side, Johnson's nowhere to be seen. Um, or for crossing in from Johnson's side, Spence or whoever's playing on the right is nowhere to be seen either. So... Um, if there's only going to be one person in the box, they're already outnumbered there anyway because there's, there's two centre backs, so it's pointless. But that's pretty much it, guys. One final question. Let's look ahead to Saturday against Millwall. Um, let's have your predictions. I, I, let's not break them down. We, I, I don't want to throw that on you after after t- tonight's defeat anyway. Um, but let's have your predictions. So we feel a bit more optimistic for Saturday. Well, they're in a really bad run at the moment, so probably two 0 Millwall. No, I'm I'm going to reverse the scoreline. I'm I'm feeling a, yeah, I'm feeling optimistic. I'm going to go two 0 Borough. Two uh, 0 for Dana. Els, what are you going to go for? Um, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to get too disheartened. I think I've seen it before. But we came on air that um, I know it's two defeats on the bounce. Obviously, first time this season. Um, and I'm kind of thinking about this time of year now um, is, you know, we're starting to show inconsistencies. And I think it was probably always going to be the case around Christmas. I know it's vastly different last year because the, our best point was over Christmas. But I think obviously um, we were always going to regress at some point from that sort of 10 game run. Um, and I think now obviously trying to play Warnock system with that sort of man to man marking and, and sort of defensive solidity is hard when you're playing sort of Wednesday, Saturday every week. I think in the new year when we go back to Saturday every week and we have a, a, a full week to prep for every game, I th- think we'll be so solid again um, and we'll put another decent run together. So I don't kind of want to say we're, we're going to fully kind of tail off now, um, but I don't think we'll have a great run. I think it'll be... We just need to try and pick up as, as many points as possible, obviously, but um, I don't think there's going to be some great performances in the next couple of weeks. Um, I hope... I hope they yeah, prove so me wrong and this form continue. But um, yeah, so I, I'm going slightly optimistic. I'm I was feeling a draw, but um, I'm going to go with another one nil win to Borough. I feel like we'll, I feel like Warnock will absolutely scare them for that 
performance and we'll we'll come out and and turn things around as Roland Keaton would say he said uh, you said best and you said nothing at all and I feel like Warnock <laughs> should say nothing tonight to that team I feel like he should just get back on the bus and uh, and see it tomorrow morning and get him on a big uh, oh, big boss on Instagram called uh, saying how disappointing yeah. it was with his headphones in a bit like Mourinho we'll <laughs> oh, yeah. get the message <laughs> Warnie on the gram so you like that I see we could do that that would be, that would do, be um, 2020. It would be. It would be the best thing. Uh, but you yeah. said 1-0 win Els. Dana, what did you go for again? I've just... My uh, mind just went... 2-0 Borough. 2-0 Borough is all... Oh. Uh, Dean's went 2-0 Millwall. Uh, if you've got a score prediction, just chuck them in the comments real quick. Um, but I'm going to say... Uh, oh, that's a tough one. Um... None of us have had any in the in the past couple of weeks. Our score predictions. I don't think in about the last four no. games any of us have got anywhere near. Came okay, close, have we? Yeah. Um, I think looking back to the to the COVID season and a little mini and uh, we 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 played really well at Millwall, um, and their system suited us quite a lot, um, and they were bang out of form as well then. Um, think I would probably go for a I think I'm gonna go for a win. I think we probably need it. It'll show our inconsistencies as well. Um I wanna go a one 0 win I think. One I'd I'd take a, a scrappy one 0 win. If it goes off Brit's backside or anything like that, I don't care as long as we get the three points. Um but I'm gonna say one nil but be up. I'll be very, very open to a one-one draw, um, given our performance tonight. Um, but in the comments, uh, Roof says one-one, and Fahim says one-nil, and Neymar to be the goal scorer. Um, but that's gonna, that's it, guys. Thank you very much uh, for joining me tonight, and thank you very much if you listen to us uh, and watching us on the live stream uh, on the podcast apps as well. We really do appreciate uh, you tuning into the the pods as well. Um, yeah, that's it. Middlesbrough lose 3-0 at Deepdale. The form is terrible. Warney's going mental. Uh, but this has been the oh, that was this has been the Borough Breakdown podcast, and that was all your match day chatter in a pod. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 